each one of you here tonight. If you would stand, please. Let's turn to page 140. Page 140, it came upon a midnight clear. We'll sing verses 1, 3, and 4 tonight. Verses 1, 3, and 4, page 140. <laughs> sing out with me on that first verse. It came upon
uh, tonight. And of course, if you're not aware, this is our annual uh, business meeting uh, tonight. And uh, so right after the service, we'll still have our normal uh, service uh, tonight. But then right after the service tonight, we'll take care of our business and reports and things like that. So looking forward uh, to all of that. But sure glad you're here uh, tonight. Good to have our missionaries to Japan home uh, with us. Came home for the business meeting, right? So they're back now. I'm just I can't, Brother Jack said, man, we're finally uh, home, I, uh, you know, and I said, listen, I said, my favorite kind of church member is the one that's not here but still sends their tithe in, amen. <laughs> I'm just kidding, all right, but anyways, he's been a good church member, amen, so, but no, I appreciate uh, them, thankful that they're home for the holidays, amen. Brother Jack, would you pray for us tonight? Amen. Why don't you be seated uh, tonight? And I did just have a few announcements. Of course, we do have the December bulletin out there. And man, didn't our kids do a great job last night uh, in the school play? If you missed that, uh, you missed a real uh, blessing there. And I thought uh, Jessica Bailey did a great job playing the grandma. Amen. That was that was uh, that was awesome. Uh, but what a blessing uh, there. Of course, we do have some things tonight. Again, is our uh, annual business meeting. So there's no buses. Uh, tonight there's a combined uh, kids class uh, downstairs and then the teens are uh, over there uh, in their class as well uh, of course this coming Saturday December the 16th is our church-wide outreach and that'll be at 10 30 uh, in the morning we actually go out and do caroling uh, for this outreach and so if you'd like to help us out uh, with that uh, we'd, we'd love for you to uh, be there you say I can't sing that's all right there's other people that sing we you just have to mouth the words all right but just come and and be there for that. That's kind of what, sometimes what I do. Amen. Uh, but uh, anyways, there uh, be a blessing and uh, be a blessing to our folks uh, as we participate in that. December the 17th, this Sunday, is our Junior Church Christmas program. That will be in the morning service. And so looking forward to being in the Gospel of Luke as well. And then Sunday night, Brother Tim Quinlan, our youth director, is going to be preaching. And so looking forward uh, to that. So we'll have our regular services throughout the day. Sunday, but those are the things that are transpiring through those. And then, of course, Christmas Eve falls on a Sunday this year, so don't forget about that. So there's only two things happening on Christmas Eve. There's an 11 a.m. morning service, and there's a 5 p.m. evening service. So there's none other things going on like men's prayer or buses or Sunday school or any of those things. So be here for those services. Let's honor the Lord, amen, and be in our places for those and then, of course, uh, December the 31st is on a Sunday this year as well, New Year's Eve. So we'll have a linger longer following uh, the evening service uh, that night. So bring some finger foods and things like that, and we'll go have a good time fellowshipping uh, in the Lord as we close out the year and look forward to another one. Uh, in January, there's a couple of things. You have kids in Faith Baptist School. Don't forget about uh, that school starts back up. January the 2nd, which is on a Tuesday, and then also wanted to mention this, we do have a wedding taking place next year in February, uh, Miss Sophie Mirhoff is uh, getting married, and so she is going to be having a wedding shower, and that's on Saturday, January the 6th, and uh, that's at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and she is registered at Amazon, so I wanted to mention that 
uh, tonight. And of course, as that uh, all gets closer, we'll make sure to mention that quite a bit. But those are the announcements uh, tonight of the things that are coming uh, up. Sure looking forward to the next couple of Sundays in the Lord. Amen. That'll be a blessing uh, there. Go ahead and take your prayer list tonight, and I do kind of want to try to move as quickly as I can uh, through some of these things uh, tonight because we have the business meeting uh, to follow, but just wanted to mention a few things tonight, some updates and uh, different things uh, like that. Of course, do continue to pray for Brother Roy McRae uh, as he is continuing through his uh, rehab uh, over here at Olathe, and sure thankful that he got moved in over there and... Uh, and is continuing to improve, and so continue to pray for him. Also, Brother Donnie Carr uh, had his procedure yesterday. He was actually at the play uh, last night, and so he had the skin cancer procedure, and so do continue to pray for him. I imagine he's a little bit sore uh, today, and so uh, if you would pray for him. And then also on the health column in the second column there, about middle ways down, is Brother Clarence Sexton, longtime pastor there uh, in Tennessee, is at Tennessee, right? And uh, so he did uh, pass away uh, yesterday, and so if you would, pray for his uh, family. And then also down towards the bottom, we've got quite a few things uh, to mention. I wanted to mention tonight, little Everett Romo, that is uh, uh, Brother Steve and Mary Parker's uh, new grandson, uh, Laura Braden and Laura Romo. Uh, had their little boy, uh, but he is battling with jaundice, and so if we could continue to pray uh, for that. They did get him home, but he's still struggling uh, with that, getting the numbers down and getting his color where it needs to be, and so if you would pray for them. And then also I have on here Miss Anna Quinlan's grandma uh, that's in hospice and actually got a call this afternoon. She went home to be with the Lord as well, and so if you would pray uh, for the Mabrys, uh, that's uh, Sister Mabry's uh, mom, and uh, also Tim and Anna, as they're going to be traveling down Monday and Tuesday to be at the funeral. The funeral is Tuesday, and so pray for them. And then also uh, the Bellises, Miss Barbara Bellis, uh, ended up with COVID, and so I did uh, text with them a little bit today, uh, so she is on the mend. Uh, Brother Chuck was kind of starting to get uh, a little sick, and so if you would pray uh, pray for their family, for Chuck and Barbara, as well as uh, Mark and the kids, and even Miss Wanda Jackson, Brother Chuck's mom. I think they were all kind of exposed uh, to that, and so I told her we would be praying that the plague stayed, amen, And uh, but uh, thankful that she seemed to be in good spirits. And then also just we've had a lot of sickness. I think also Miss Sue Nugent is sick and, and uh, just kind of been going around, and so certainly pray for one another on that. Then I uh, have two to add tonight. On your prayer list, uh, one of those I forgot is Brother Owen Wood. Uh, he is struggling with his foot again and has had some issues with that. He was still here Sunday, but he mentioned that. And so if you would pray for him tonight. And then also a young man by the name of Justin Russell has brain cancer. Uh, the young lady that's been visiting with us, uh, Lily, uh, it's her co-worker. And it is terminal, and he has about a month to live. And so she asked if we would pray for him. And so I, I told her we would sure do that. So... Justin Russell is his uh, name. Does anybody have a prayer request uh, tonight or an update or anything like that? Brother Gary? Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
goodness. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's pray for Miss Marie uh, tonight and uh, and that situation with her eye. Absolutely. Anybody else tonight? I have a prayer request. All right, Miss Kristen. Praise the Lord. Well, that's a blessing there. All right, so we can take Miss Kristen uh, Kennedy off uh, for her leg, and so that's a glory hallelujah. So, all right, there you are. I saw. I kept seeing Brother Will, but I couldn't see uh, Kristen there. Amen. So, okay, go ahead. Yes, with the meth. Yeah. Good. Wow. Okay. Well, praise the Lord. That's a blessing there. So that's little Brandon Gibbons. been praying for him on the second column there at the top. So that's a blessing. Anybody else tonight? Okay, Luke, Quinlan. Okay. Okay. So let's pray for um, Luke Quinlan for wisdom and uh, dealing with a friendship there. So absolutely. All right. Anybody else tonight have a prayer request or anything? Okay. So Natalie has an unspoken for tomorrow, and so if you would remember that in prayer, I know she would appreciate that. So. Okay. For the waters. Yeah. So we can, so say that again, we can take them both. <laughs> we'll say the Lord got her straightened out, amen, and amen. So she's getting married, so that's a blessing right there, so, all right. Getting married and getting right with God, that's good right there, amen. That'll help anybody. That's good. Anybody else tonight? Okay, let's have our uh, men come tonight. I know there's some uh, different things uh, certainly going on. I uh, was thinking about the Whitney's and pray for them with their uh, house uh, and uh, closing on that tomorrow. And so let's pray that that goes uh, smoothly as well and just a lot of other things uh, tonight. All right, well, Brother Luke Stewart, would you pray for us uh, tonight? Amen. Amen.
together one last time. Please turn to page 132. 132. Good Christian men rejoice. We'll sing all three verses tonight. Page 132. Sing it out with me on that first verse. Good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Give ye heed to what we say. Jesus Christ is born today. Ox and ass before him bow, and he is in the manger now. Christ is born today. Christ is born today. Good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Now ye hear of endless bliss. Jesus Christ was born for this. He has opened heaven's door, and man is blessed forevermore. Christ is born for this. Christ is born for this. Good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Now ye need not fear the grave. Jesus Christ was born to save. Calls you one and calls you all to gain his everlasting all. Christ is born to save. Christ is born to save. Amen. Aren't you thankful he was born to save? Amen. I'm going to ask you to remain standing. Go ahead and get your Bibles ready for the message tonight. I like that song. Amen. That was a blessing. Well, take your Bibles tonight and turn with me to 1 Timothy and chapter number 3 tonight, the book of First Timothy in chapter number 3. And of course, if you've been here over a period of years and we've gone through business meetings together, some of you might have had Acts chapter 1 already marked. Uh, because typically that, that is what I do uh, in preparing for a business meeting. You go back to really the first business meeting of a church, amen, uh, is in Acts uh, chapter 1. But as you... I think that you're going to see this tonight. Uh, we've, we've been studying the pastoral epistles on Wednesday night, and we've been in 1 Timothy. And I believe tonight that really where we are at is very timely in the sense that it's going to really prepare us uh, for the business meeting tonight as a church body. So 1 Timothy chapter number 3, all right, and I'm going to begin reading in verse number 14, okay? So here's what, how it starts. These things write I unto thee. Well, what are these things? Well, that's pretty much everything that we've been dealing with in 1 Timothy. <coughs> so he says, these things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. Now, there's a good business meeting message right there. To behave thyself in the house of God. Now, notice what he calls it. Now, watch this. Which is the church of the living God. The pillar and ground of the truth. All right. And then it says this. And without controversy... Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. I think it would be an obvious statement here tonight to say this. 
This is a conclusive text. This is drawing a conclusion here. Again, Timothy has been left at the church at Ephesus to establish sound doctrine. Sound doctrine is healthy doctrine, and healthy doctrine produces godly men and godly women. All right, but it also elects qualified men to serve as pastors and deacons, which is what we finished up now, or last week. But now we can see why all of this, all of this is important. Here's why. It's because this is to be the church of the living God. The pillar and ground of the truth. The pillar, listen, not a pillar. Not a pillar. You understand, it is not the responsibility of a government or a corporation or some charitable organization to be the pillar of the truth. It is the responsibility of the large churches. Therefore, these things matter. These things that Paul has dealt with all the way up until now. It matters what message we preach. But it also matters how we handle our business as a house of God. And that's really what we're going to see tonight. The pillar, the pillar and ground of the truth. Father, would you bless the preaching now? And God, again, just use me, fill me with your spirit tonight. Guide me in everything that's said and done, that you would be honored and that you would be glorified tonight. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you be seated uh, tonight? Sure appreciate you standing in honor of God's word. Now, as you and I get into this, this text here tonight, I just I think there's some things that we, I want to make sure that we're all on the same page on. And, and certainly we've looked at this uh, before in, in past messages and lessons and things like that. But, but one of the things is this, all right? No, notice he says this. He says that we are the church of the living God. And then he says this, the pillar and ground of the truth. All right, so, so the first thing that we've got to be clear on here is that the word truth that's mentioned right there in verse number 15, that is a direct reference to the Word of God. It is exactly what Jesus Christ said in John 17, 17, when He said, Sanctify them through Thy truth. Listen to this. Thy Word is truth. And what I'm saying tonight is this, is that if Jesus believed that the Word of God is truth, then we ought to believe that the Word of God is truth. And by the way, it's not a, it's not a fluctuating or changing truth. It is, not, it is not one that is progressive or assimilates or adapts to its surroundings. It's not one that mixes with other so-called truths that might come along and be contrary to, to this truth. It is, not a, it is not a truth based on relation or circumstances. In other words, what may be true to you may not necessarily be true to me because of the differences of our backgrounds and our skin color or how we were raised or or whatever the case may be. No, 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 no. This is absolute truth. It is absolute truth. All right. It is an unchanging truth. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away, Jesus said. You understand? You see, listen, regardless of how man feels about this book, this word is truth tonight. 
And, and so that, that we've got to understand that tonight, that, that this word is truth. But the second thing we must understand is that there is only one thing that we can do for this truth. That's to be a pillar for it. I mean, it's like the old days when the king wanted to proclaim a message. A lot of times they would take it to the pillar of one of the main buildings in the center or area of town, and they would post the message up there. Well, listen, the king has given his message tonight. And the best thing that we can do is be a pillar that holds it up for our community and those around us to see. You understand, Paul said it like this to the church at Corinth. In 2 Corinthians 13, 8, he said this, For we can do nothing against the truth but for the truth. You ever thought about how powerful that statement is? That we can do nothing against the truth but for the truth. And I, listen, men, and think about this. Men, men have tried to go against this truth in the past. They, they've tried to get rid of it. They, they've tried to banish it. They, they've tried to burn it. They've tried to... Uh, behead men that have stood for it. Uh, but listen, God saw fit to preserve His Word. <laughs> you can do nothing against the truth. And by the way, men have moved away from this book. They've moved, they moved away from this book. They bought into the deception of false religion or caved to the carnality and wickedness of this world. And I can promise you this, none of them were better off for moving away from this book. Because here's why. You can do nothing against this book tonight. You're not, listen, I, I'm just telling you that one of the greatest mistakes that an individual or a church corporately could ever make is to go against or move away from truth. It'd be, listen, rather the greatest thing we could ever do is, is here is, is do this and submit ourselves to it as the authority for our faith and practice and then become a pillar and ground for that, for, for where this book can be exalted from. And that, that's exactly what Paul is telling young Timothy that, listen, while you're at the church at Ephesus, that this is, this is, what, has to be, this is what has to take place, that you're to establish sound doctrine and that you're to make sure that godly qualified men are placed into these offices of bishop and, and pastor. But Timothy, while you're there, th this, is, this is what the church is supposed to be. This is what the church at Ephesus is to do. It's to be a pillar and a ground for the truth. Timothy, this is the church of the living God, friend. This isn't some charitable organization or some salvation. Listen, this belongs to God. And it's to proclaim His truth. That's your responsibility. And can I say to you tonight, that's still the same for Faith Baptist Church. We're not in the business of entertaining men. And we're not in the business of trying to give you some kind of emotion. Oh, mercy. Let me say this tonight. You getting this tonight? Because that's exactly where churches are going. It's all about the, it's all about the, the smoke screens and the, and, the, and the worldly music and the entertainment of men. And it's all, about, it's all about giving somebody some emotional goosebump. Listen, what mankind needs today is truth. What mankind needs is the Word of God. Now, that doesn't mean there's not emotion attached with it because the best thing we can do is get under conviction about truth, humble ourselves to truth, and then live according to truth. But you understand, that's the responsibility of a church. I, probably, listen, probably most all of us in here, I, you say the word pillar. Most, most everybody in here tonight probably knows what it is. It's a large column that's, usually found on the front of, of houses or, or buildings. And, and, man, and, and, and if you're my wife, they're beautiful to look at. 
My wife loves those kind of things. I, you know, we uh, remember when we lived in Cashville, and we would always drive. Uh, we we would always when we would drive down to Florida to to take uh, family vacation. The quickest route uh, for there. Well, from Cashville was to go south and go directly through the entire state of Arkansas, which took forever. And then you had a little bit of time in Louisiana as well. And what was neat about a lot of those areas was it was a lot of farmland and there were still some of those old plantation style homes that were, you know, back in the 1900s and, and things like that that were still uh, existent. And, and man, it was just, you know, they had... They had the, you know, the porch all the way around it, and they had the big columns, the big pillars up in the front, and then there was usually a porch around the top and stuff there, and my wife, she'd be sitting out the window drooling, and I'd be over there sweating, going, I guess I'm going to have to build you something like that, ain't I? And that's just, man, they're beautiful to look at. They really are, but you understand, they're more, it's more than just show, isn't it? They're there for support, and a lot of them hold up. They hold up the, the second story, and and, 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 and the, you know, the building and the ceiling and all of those things. And it's the same idea with this word pillar right here. It literally means this in the Greek. It literally means this, support. And that's what a pillar does. And so therefore the idea is that if he says this, that you are the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth, then it's the idea that we as a church body are to simply uphold and support the truth. That's what we're to do. And please catch this tonight. That means this. It doesn't need our corrections. And it doesn't need our adjustments. All it needs is our support. Hold it up, friend. Hold it up. Uplift the truth. Listen. Uplift the truth no matter how heavy it becomes in the culture that we live in. You catching that tonight? Man, that train horn was like right on time, wasn't it? But that's the idea. And, 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 and I think this, I, you know, you, we always say things, you know, we, we apply the human element to it with things like, man, Paul knew exactly what he was doing here, talking about the pillar. But the reality is the Holy Ghost of God knew exactly what he was doing when he gave this to the Apostle Paul to pin down. And here's why. Because one, because pillars, as you know, were associated with the Greek and Roman architecture of the day. And so when Paul says things like pillar and ground of the truth, Timothy knew exactly what he was talking about. He knew exactly what, what the illustration meant. But, but also, you got to think about this. you got to also understand this in the light of the Greek and Roman culture that surrounded them in the day. And many of us know this. Paul would say to the first Corinthians that the Greeks seek after wisdom. And the reason that he said that was because of the personal experiences that he had with places like Athens in Acts chapter 17 where there were philosophers that, that would gather daily and talk about things, things that Plato said or Aristotle or whatever and they, and they worshiped the unknown God. And Paul said, you guys are superstitious, too superstitious. And, and you understand the point is this, during Timothy's day, the truth had become subjective and relative to the individual. Listen to this. Please listen to this. The truth had become both subjective and relative to the individual. In other words, truth was only truth to you and how you see it. Therefore, there are no absolutes. Marcus Aurelius was the Roman emperor from 161 A.D. to 180 A.D. And this would be some 100 years after the writing of 1 Timothy and he had his own writings that were called meditations, and they're still 
highly revered in, by modern philosophy to this day. And in it, he made this statement. Listen to this. He said, this is Marcus Aurelius. He said, everything we hear is an opinion, not a fact. Everything we see is a perspective, not the truth. Now, I want you to think about that. In Paul and Timothy's day, truth was being attacked in the hearts of mind and men, uh, hearts and minds of men through, th- through things like vain philosophies and false doctrine. And here's the point tonight. There's nothing new under the sun. You understand? The same things are happening t- today in our day and time. But please listen to this tonight. As the culture pushes against the truth with all of these things, and, and even as, as churches are forsaking truth, you understand? The weight gets heavier and heavier and heavier. But we're still called to hold it up and to support it. And we may be the only pillar left standing, but my friend, we're still supposed to be holding it up. And that, listen, that, that's the idea of what he means right here when, with regards to the church at Ephesus. And I would say this, and that means this, that's with regards to Faith Baptist Church tonight. But now let me say this. So, so how does that, how do we, how do, we do that? How do, preacher, how do, we, how do we maintain that we're a church of the living God? And that we're a pillar and ground of the truth. Well, well, here's, I mean, really, it's answered right here. Number one, I would say to you this tonight, and I think it becomes fairly obvious here. Look down at verse number 16. It says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. You know what I think he's trying to say here is this? is that if we're going to be a pillar and ground of the truth, then it matters what message we preach. How we handle the message of Jesus Christ determines as to whether or not we are a pillar and ground of the truth. And I want you to notice something that, that Paul mentions right here. And I, I, let's look at these things right here. So he says, and without controversy, listen to this, great is the mystery of godliness. Now watch this. So here's what he says. He said, and these are the things that he begins to list. God was manifest in the flesh. Come on, this is getting Christmas time. God was manifest in the flesh. You understand? This speaks directly to the truth that Jesus Christ came in bodily form and lived on this earth, but also that he is very God. He is eternal. He is eternal, not a created being. He is the Son of God, not an angel. He left the glories of heaven, was born of a virgin, and died on the cross for our sins. And John's gospel proclaims this very truth. That in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then down in verse number 14 of chapter 1, he says, And the Word was made flesh. And dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and... How about that? God was manifest in the flesh. Look down, He keeps on going here. He says this, He was also, he was also, just, he was also justified in the Spirit. The word justified means to render just or righteous. Now listen to this. I want you to listen to this carefully. It does not mean Jesus needed to be justified from His sin 
as we need to be justified from our sin. It means he is already justified because he is without sin. And again, this speaks of his deity, but it is also an important part of the gospel. If Christ had sin, then he certainly couldn't die for our sins so that we might be forgiven. But because he is of the Holy Spirit and not the seed of man, he is God and had no sin. Therefore, through him, we can be justified. I like Paul kind of summed it up in 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. For he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You know what that's talking about? That's talking about justification for God's people. Notice next thing he says this. He says he was seen of angels. So angels are God's messengers. They are sent to declare God's message to mankind. Their appearances validated Jesus as being from God and God. And all throughout the major events in his life, of Christ, all throughout the major events of the life of Christ, angels were there. They were at his birth. They were at his temptation. They were at his resurrection. And they were at his ascension. They were at every one of these things. This shows us that Christ was no ordinary man who gave his life for some social cause. No friend, he is God who gave, a, gave his life for the sin of all mankind to fulfill the very word of God, which is truth. Look down at the next thing. It says this, preached unto the Gentiles. This is both the fulfillment of Old Testament Scripture and a great reminder that Jesus Christ is not just the Savior for a specific group of people. One of the great tenets of the gospel is that whosoever will may come. Whether they are Jew or Gentile or black or white or American or Australian or Japanese, doesn't matter, friend. It's for every person. Notice the next thing here. It says, believed on in the world. Again, this validates the gospel. Lives have been changed. People were born again of the Spirit of God. Many had given their lives for this message. And then the last one is this, received up into glory. He did rise from the dead three days after His crucifixion and is now seated on the right hand of the Father. And He serves as our advocate when we sin. And if you're following the daily Bible reading calendar, you read that this morning. Okay, I guess there's only about three of us still in there. We're going to finish. But you understand, friend, that's, that's the idea there. He is our propitiation, substitution when people need to be saved. And He's waiting on the Father's command to return. Now listen to this. I, I realize that, that when you when you going down through all of these things tonight, probably most everyone in here tonight is going, Amen. In fact, I would say this, if you're a member of Faith Baptist Church, we should be saying amen. Because these are part of our statements of faith. This is what we believe as, as Bible believers. But, but notice, how, notice how this verse begins in verse 16. It says this, and without controversy. You know what that means? That means this, these things cannot be disputed. They are truth. They're true. They've been proven. Therefore, when we move away from any of these truths, 
Not only are we moving away from sound, healthy doctrine, we're also failing to be the pillar and ground that God has called us to be as a church body. Listen to me, if we deny the deity of, of, uh, as God manifested in the flesh like the Jehovah Witnesses do, we're no longer a pillar and ground of the truth. That's a cult. And this could come in a multitude of forms, attacking the virgin birth. It's crazy what people are doing today. Saying he was merely a good man, fighting for a social cause, even claiming that he was an angel sent from God. None of those things are true. God was manifest in the flesh tonight. If we say that he only died for a certain elect people, like the Calvinists claim, we are no longer a pillar of the truth. If we say that there are other means by which a man can obtain salvation outside of repentance and faith in Christ, which really is what much of Christendom preaches, including Catholics, Methodists, Lutherans, and so on, then we are no longer a pillar and ground of the truth. All roads do not lead to heaven. There is only one road, there is only one mediator between man and God, and that's the man Christ Jesus, friend, that's already been stated in 1 Timothy chapter 2. And here's another one. If we say that we need to be in constant search for the truth, like some so-called Baptists are now saying, well, you're not being a pillar and ground of the truth. This is what I've heard guys say. These, these are young guys. Well, you know, I'm just, I'm just searching for the truth. Let me help you with this. Open up your King James Bible and there it is. That's, that, listen, you know what that is? That's a cop-out. That's a cop-out for your own carnality and intellectualism. You, have, you lack faith. We've already been given truth. Your role is not to search for it. Your role is to be a pillar of it. So stand on it, son, and preach it. And I might preach that at Heartland one day. I don't know. That's pretty good stuff right there. Drives me nuts. Well, you know, I'm just, I'm still searching for truth. Well, I, I read it this morning, and I'm going to read it, and I'm preaching from it tonight. I don't have to look for it. I don't got to look for it. It's open up your Bible. It's right there. Drives me nuts. Don't get me started tonight. Look at verse number 15. Yeah, I'm preaching it backwards tonight. But if you know me, I do a lot of things backwards anyway. So, But look at verse number 15 because he says this. He says, but if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. You know what he's saying right here? He's saying this. Listen, it's, it's not only about the message that we preach, but it's also about the faith that we practice. And if you look at that word behave in that verse here, he says that thou oughtest, that thou, that thou mayest, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in, in the house of God. This literally means this, how you live. You ever see the word conversation in the Bible? The word conversation doesn't mean just the things that we say. It means how we live. This is the exact same idea. Your conversation, your way of life. And the reason Paul brings this up is because really this too is important, isn't it? Because here's the thing. Listen, if you're preaching a message that you're not living, that makes you a hypocrite. 
And unfortunately, that's where a lot of churches are right now. Especially in American Christianity. And dare I say, even Baptist churches. And dare I even say, independent Baptist churches. And while some of that criticism, I get it, some of that criticism might be unfair because we're not a perfect people. And, and sometimes there's this expectation that we are to be a perfect people. No, we're, we're not a perfect people. We're all hypocrites and we're, because we're all sinners. And we all need to be saved. I, I get that. So some of that might be unfair, but I would also say this. Most of it's probably well-deserved. Why? Because many have many. Because here's why. Because a lot of people have failed to see the seriousness, and they're calling to be a pillar for the truth, whether it be individually as believers tonight, or even corporately as a, as a church body. Body. Let me let me help you with some things tonight. Individually, listen to me. Individually tonight, if you're saved, you know Christ is your Savior. Listen, we are called to live godly. This this is what chapter two was all about. It was about godly men. And, and godly women. And part of that responsibility of being a pillar for the truth is how we as individuals in the church live. This means how we communicate with people. It means how we conduct ourselves at personal relationships and responsibilities that we carry out. You know what? Even how we dress matters. Because that's what was dealt with in, in chapter number two. And listen, I'm telling you this tonight. You may not like this tonight, but there's a reason why people have come up to my family in public on several occasions and asked us, are you guys Christians? And you know why? It's because of the way my wife and daughters dressed and the way that we conducted and carried ourselves and behaved ourselves. I've had people buy us dinner before because of that. They were like, we're, man, your kids behaved. That was awesome. And bought us dinner. And I was like, good job, boy. So what'd you buy him? Nothing. He just did what he was supposed to be doing. Awesome. I think I was at was that the rib what was that the rib place at one time? Somebody bought us dinner, I think, one time or something. Or maybe maybe they came up to us. I'm, uh, that was one where they came up to us and just told us we really appreciated how well your kids behaved tonight. To which I turned around and said, Yeah, that's because they know what they're going to get if they misbehave. <laughs> which is really what some adults need. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, but but here's the thing: to to have listen, because when you when you put when you put how you how you dress together with how you live together, people recognize pillars when they see them. And and listen, and to have this is why he dealt with these things in chapter two, because to have one without the other is utter hypocrisy. It may, listen, it makes no sense to dress in a godly manner, but then to behave in a wicked and ungodly manner. To talk ugly to somebody. To condescend people. We got no business doing that. That's not what Jesus did. See, am I getting this? But, but on the other hand, it makes no sense to, to aspire to have a Christ-like attitude, but then wearing the attire of a strange woman. In Proverbs. And flaunting your body and, 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 and flesh and those kind of... Listen, that, that make, that's two different messages. Might, I'm telling you, get quiet in here, but that's the reality. That's the truth. As individuals, it matters tonight. It matters 
the message that we preach, but also the way we behave ourselves, but also corporately as a church tonight. We're to handle our business ethically. This means that we designate men to offices or places of leadership. When we do that, we follow that which has been given in the Word of God. Well, preacher, I mean, you know, this is the culture that we... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the culture that we live. Well, I just feel... I don't care how you feel. What matters is what the Bible says. It doesn't matter how I feel. Don't get mad at me. Well, you just don't care about my feelings. I don't care about my feelings. Because it doesn't matter. It matters what the Bible says. That's what matters. And that we would do those things. And to fail to cease in those areas, that we, to fail in those areas, is to cease to be a pillar and ground of the truth. We're, we're no longer practicing what we're supposed to be preaching. How, how silly would it be to be able to, to, to go into the Bible and preach the, pre, you get, preach the gospel, but then you've got to skip 1 Timothy chapter 3. Because you've got unqualified men in the... In places of office, and well, you got unqualified women for sure. Because women aren't supposed to be pastors or deacons. Praise God for godly women, but everybody getting caught quiet in here. Oh, I don't know if I should say amen. Go ahead, say amen. Because that's what the Bible says. But let me help you with this tonight. At the same time, listen to this. As we do these things, Folks, there shouldn't be a bunch of inward fighting, backbiting, disunity, slander, and some of the most wicked things that have gone on in churches in our day and time. i never forget when I became the pastor of a Bible Baptist church in 2008, and we got to the first part of the next year. I don't, you know, we did our uh, annual business meeting about the time the president did the State of the Union, so at least that way we could get good news. Some of you, okay. So, and I remember calling, I remember, I remember scheduling our first business meeting and we came in on Wednesday night and we were getting ready for our business meeting just like we're doing tonight. And, you know, so I preached a message and then after the message, we, we had a little break, just kind of exactly like what we're going to do tonight. And one of the men of the church comes up to me and he goes, hey preacher, he goes, would you like for me to take your wife and your kids and have them go back uh, and, and uh, you know, to leave out of the meeting and have them go back and sit in the Sunday school class and, you know, and, and uh, my wife can watch the baby or, you know, or the kid, the little ones or what, whatever you need. And I looked at him and I said, why? I said, are things going to get so bad that they can't be in the meeting? And I said, if that's the case, then we need to cease from calling ourselves a church. Because we're not. But that's what the previous pastors were doing because they were scared that the people were going to, you know, say something ugly or do something ugly and that, you know, their wives and their kids. And, and I said, no, we're not doing that. You know what I did? My wife and my children sat right in the service because they ought to be able to. What kind of, is this where we've gotten to today in American Christianity? Folks, that's ludicrous. Shame on us if this is how people are acting in the house of the Lord. I've seen some of the most wicked things, and people applaud it. I saw something the other day on, on social media, and I hate mentioning stuff like this, I, bleh, social media. But some guy got up, 
in the middle of a meeting and said something and cussed in his what he was saying to the leadership of the church. And, and, they, and somebody was videoing it and they posted it on social media and all of the comments were applauding the guy standing up and saying something ugly. And I'm like, this is where we've gotten to today. Let me help you with this. That is wicked. That's not a church. That's wicked. That is ungodly. You, you understand what I'm saying? And I, you, you, please, and I, and I realize tonight, there ought to be, we ought to handle things ethically. There ought to be ethical leadership. There ought to be accountability. There ought to be things done in a biblical manner. Is everybody getting this tonight? And we ought to handle our finances with good stewardship and all of those kind of things. And we do those things. And we should be doing those things. But so long as things are being done by the book and they're being handled accordingly and all of those things, listen to me tonight, there shouldn't be none of this Hatfield and McCoys and slandering the pastor and his family and all this other nonsense that goes on among so-called God's people today. We've got no business doing that. No business whatsoever. That, that's not a church. That's not a church of the living God. The pillar and ground of the truth. Pillar. It's pretty neat, though, something about this pillar. We were, uh, we were in Rome for a few days on a trip to Italy a few months ago. And one of the things that we did was we got to go see the Colosseum. I mean, that's just awesome. And so we scheduled a tour where we met at the Arch of Constantine. It's this giant arch outside of the outside of the Colosseum, and so we walked through and did the we did the Colosseum and walked around the arch and stuff. But then after that, they took us to an area just over to the side, which is called Palatine or Palatine. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but I think it's Palatine. But anyways, Palatine is ancient Rome, and I mean this goes back to the BC days. And it's basically, it's just, uh, you know, it's nothing. It's like a cleared off spot. There's a lot of ruins and stuff that they have, that they have dug up as they were digging. It's like they, they say, like, you can't, you can't build anything new in Rome because every time you start digging for a foundation, you discover something that was there in ancient history. And so they stop everything, and that becomes, you know, a tourist attraction. Well, that's what happened with Palatine is that they were doing something else. And then the next thing you know, they started unearthing all of this stuff. But this is what was crazy is they started unearthing all this stuff. This is what's wild. There were pillars sticking up. All these buildings had decayed and corroded and, and were, you know, just had crumbled. But there were some of these pillars from B.C. just sticking up. And I thought, man, that's awesome. I think God knew what he was doing when he said, we're the pillar and ground of the tree. But this is what I thought about. I thought about this tonight as Faith Baptist Church. Our longevity, our longevity as a church is directly related to our relationship with truth. Yeah, great. The gates of hell shall not prevail against us. And I love that promise. But you understand, that's directly related to truth. Because the church at Ephesus isn't there anymore. It's directly related to truth. And the moment we cease from preaching the message of the gospel as it is according to the word of God, 
or we stop behaving ourselves according to the Word of God. We're going to lose our longevity. Right. Let me tell you something, churches are closing up today. And it's not because of pressure from governments and the liquor crowd and all this stuff. It's because we're eating ourselves up from the inside out. Because we've gotten away from that. We're about to go into this business meeting tonight. And let me tell you what, let me tell you what will help us tonight is that if we prepare ourselves by understanding that we're to be a pillar and ground of the truth. And that matters. Not just the message that we preach, but how we behave ourselves. And you know what the first church did in Acts chapter 1? Here's what they did before they had the meeting. They prayed. They got right with God and made sure they were being led by the Spirit of God. You know what we need to do tonight? We need to pray and make sure we're being right, we're right with God and we're being led by the Spirit of God in everything that we do tonight. Let's all stand.